The topic of my sermon this morning, I struggle to find a topic, quite frankly, because I want to spice it up a little bit. Because sometimes we get so used to saying the same thing over and over and over. It says living a gap-free life, but it basically just means living the authentic Christian life. It's basically what it is. Now, our reading is from Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 9. I'm not going to read all the verses. I might just read verse 1 and a couple of verses here and there. And then we will continue into the word. Now it happened, the Bible says, when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab. Okay, that name is also Geshmu in another translation. And the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the walls and there, was, there were no breaks left in the wall. There were no breaks left in it. Though at the time I had not hung the doors in the gates. In other words, they came to the place where the project was basically the main part of the project. project was completed. Although there was still some work outstanding, they came to a place where they could report and see and look back at the goodness of God. Yes. Verse 2. That Sambalat and Geshem sent me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages of the, in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease when I leave it and go down to you? But we see further in the passage that they continue to come, trying to distract Nehemiah and the Jews. And then, Eventually, the chapter, the portion ends with this, these words, verse 9. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. And then Nehemiah prays, and he says, Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hand. Verse 1 is the verse that I'm really going to concentrate on. There's so much in that verse that I don't, I don't think that I can do justice to the rest of the chapter or to the re what we have read uh, to try and explain that this morning. But I just want to concentrate on that first verse and just the second part. There were no breaks left in the wall. No gaps. Some translations speak about a breach. Some translations speak about an opening in the wall. We must remember this, this wall was there to protect the people of God. This was where inside these walls were where their lives were lived, where they worshipped, where they gave birth to their children, where they spent basically most of their lives. So it was important 
that when the builders built this wall, it, it should meet the requirements and should be built to a standard that would be uh, sufficient to serve its purpose. When I look and I think about this wall, it really reflects so much of the work of God in our lives. There's so many comparisons that I can draw from how Nehemiah went about building this wall and constructing every part of it to, and see how God has been working in my life and in our lives. When Nehemiah's success is reported to these guys and Ballot and company, they realize that their strategies have failed. They wanted to distract him. They wanted them, him and the people to leave and to seize the work that God has given them. And come into a meeting, a place where they can be engaged about things that didn't really apply to what God has called them to do. In life there are many distractions. And if we give in to those distractions, our lives will so surely fall apart. The harassment and the de had not the uh, desired outcome because the enemies of God's people underestimated what God could accomplish through a man who was totally surrendered to the will and the work of God. God can do more with one man, one woman, who is totally surrendered to His will, totally surrendered to the work of God in their lives than he can do with many that do not commit their lives in that, ways, in that way. In a record time, the war was constructed. The Bible says 52 days. I read up some uh, commentaries that said this project was supposed to take more than a year. More than a year but 52 days with the help of God. The enemies of God's people failed to take into account Nehemiah's spiritual resources. He had places to go to. He had uh, places where in his life where he could draw aside and go and meet with God, where he found strength where he found encouragement, where he found what he needed for the moments of, that he faced challenges. This is the very reason that so many of us do not grow spiritually. The secret of having time with God and making time to be in His presence has long be forgotten. The practice thereof. It's a five minutes here and a five minutes there. And sometimes only when we are in trouble. But Nehemiah 
His life was consistently focused on serving the Lord with an upright heart. Serving the Lord no matter what comes his way. And that is why when the news arrived, when Nehemiah got the news, his heart was broken. But he still clung to the Lord. It's very pitiful for a Christian or for any person for that matter when we uh, encounter a crisis, a sudden, something that happens suddenly that impacts our lives in a way that we did not expect. When we have to face that without the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, without the comfort of knowing that he is with, he is with me. Don't let your problems or your challenges find you in a space where you are not right with God. But when Nehemiah received the news, the first place that he went to is to his knees, to his inner chamber. The Bible says, it's described in the first chapter, the Bible says, so, in in chapter 1 verse 4, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you, who you love, sorry, you and, sorry, let me just repeat that. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O God and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. See, Nehemiah was in the right relationship with God. A living relationship. So he could remind the Lord about his promises to his, those who are faithful in serving him. Now, what does gap-free living really, what is it all about? In this title that I mentioned, what is it all about? This is what Nehemiah's life represents. A life that is gap-free. There's no difference in his life to when things are going smooth and when things are not that well. Some of us uh, we, we have so many roles that we play. We have got a church life and we've got a different life at home. We've got a church face and a different face at home. We've got a church attitude and a different attitude at home. 
But here we find somebody that when he was confronted with difficulty, he knew where he was supposed to go. In our lives, a get-free life is about living the way that God intended you to live. There's no gaps. What's on the inside, displayed on the, on the outside, is also present on the inside. Can we say that this morning? Somebody once said the things that you continue to hide will continue to hinder. Those doors that still need to be closed, if we want to experience this type of life, we need to do that with urgency. Otherwise, we will go down when we, are, when we face difficulties. A Capri life is a life that can say what you see is what you get. Have you ever heard people say that? But it's not really true. There's so much pretense in us and we forget that we are serving a loving God, a one that sees everything, a one that, a God that sees everything, a God that knows everything, a God from whom we cannot hide anything. That was my first point. What is a gap-free life? Now to establish this type of life or living, you need to first come into a relationship with God. I don't know how long have you been in, in this uh, church. How many sermons you have heard. How many times the Lord has spoken to you. But this morning again, the Lord gives us an opportunity to come to Him. Before we come into a relationship with God, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that connects me to heaven. There should be no expectancy within me that, or expectation within me that God would do something on my behalf. But the moment I surrender my life to Christ, I have access to all the resources of heaven to carry me through the most difficult things that I can encounter in this life. You need to first come into a relationship with Jesus and never stop working out your salvation with fear and trembling as Philippians 2 verse 12 says. Don't ever stop growing as a Christian. We have not arrived. Nehemiah knew. He, he has learned so much in, what he was, in, in the work of God and what he was doing and in his own life. But he needed to depend on God. The task was too great for him. But God. To live a gap-free life a life that aligns with God's word, aligns with God, God's purposes, aligns with God's influence 
in my daily life is only possible if I'm completely and totally surrendered to Him and constantly seeking the face of God. Constantly spending time in prayer and searching the Word of God. Sometimes we think if we neglect that, we can still carry on. Some people say, I don't have to go to church. I can worship God at home. Yes, you can. But tell me, will you survive? Are you able to sustain what God has done in your life for a long period of time? We need communion. We need to have fellowship with other believers. We need to come together. The Bible instructs us to not, not neglect the coming together. We must be in fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There needs to be connection, friends, before there can be cooperation. Connection. When we look at how the work was done, we see in chapter 3 how the people worked together on this project, constructing this wall, putting brick upon brick, we can call it that in today's language, they probably use stones. The Bible says in that chapter, we read how the people stood family next to one family, working, working next to another one. In fact, the words next to and after one another is mentioned 29 times in this, just in this, in this chapter. We need to work together as a family of God's people in order to do what God has called us to do. No one in the kingdom of God is irrelevant. Everyone has a role to play. And when we work together, so much more can be accomplished. I find it very difficult to work with people that's going in that direction. And I want to go in that direction. And sometimes we find that in the life of, of in church life, that there are certain people that they just want everyone to follow their agenda instead of aligning themselves with God's agenda. Many years I heard the story of a man who was busy on a Saturday morning, busy in his doorway with a, a stove that he wanted to fix. And as the neighbor came past on his way to work, he thought, I am a little bit late, but let me quickly go and help 
my neighbor, I've got about a few minutes to spare. Let me just go and help him. And he came, put down his bag, and he went, you know, with excitement. They're going to finish this task. Chop, chop. But after about 10 minutes, he said to his neighbor, the one that's trying to, uh, that lives in the house, obviously, to move this thing, he says to him, no, my neighbor, I don't think you'll ever get the stove into the house. And the man stood there, he left everything. He says, no, I wasn't trying to get it in. I was trying to get it out. So they were working against one another all the time. That's what happens when we do not work with God. We go nowhere just like that stove. When we do not allow the Spirit of God to infiltrate our lives and control our lives and to work deeper in our lives, you will go nowhere spiritually. You will be like that stove remaining in the doorway. It's supposed to go this way, but the others are trying to push it that way. Imagine, dear friends, what can be accomplished if we cooperate with God. When we see the things He sees, when we desire the things that He desires, when we do what God wants us to do, how much more can be accomplished for the kingdom? When we live the way that God wants us to live, completely surrendered to His will and to His purposes, imagine what can be accomplished. But it doesn't depend on the pastor. It doesn't depend on the church board. It doesn't depend on anyone else. It depends on me as an individual and how I allow the word of God to penetrate my heart and my life. God does not want us to have gaps in our lives. He desires honesty and truth at the core of our being. He wants us to be authentic to love from a pure heart. Romans 12. Just want to read a few verses there. Let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, genuinely love one another. Don't pretend that you love me. I can see by your actions you don't love me. The way you greet me tells me you don't really like me. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate 
to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Is that what we do? Is that how we love? Affectionately. Do we come alongside people that are struggling? Are we there for those that are in need? Or are we just satisfied that, you know, I've got everything together. I get my paycheck at the end of the month. While there are others around us. As I said earlier, they does not know where the next, next meal is coming from. Verse 17 of this chapter says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And verse 18 then, If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, be at peace with your neighbor. Sometimes we need to really dig deep. And we don't want to hear these things. We need to dig deep to make progress in our walk with the Lord. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This kind of life is established in your heart. It's not something that you can go and buy at Woolworths or pick and pay. It's not something that you obtain by coming to church, by hearing the word. It's through the application of the word of God. Applying what God is saying to you, to your life. In my life. Proverbs 4.23. In the New Living Translation says. Guard your hearts. Above all else. Guard your heart. Above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Just like those wars. Guard your heart. No gaps. No place for the enemy to come in. If you become aware of something that is wrong, someone said, have short accounts with God. Don't wait for tomorrow. You are under conviction now. Set the thing straight right away. I'm talking to you, sir. I'm talking to you, lady, young person. Have short accounts with God. Don't delay making right of, with God. You don't know how much time you have left on the earth. We always know how much money we have. Sometimes we say, I have no money. We can determine that by the balance in our bank statement. But we don't know how much time we have. The Bible says, it's appointed unto man... Once to die thereafter, judgment. And that day, we don't know when it comes. During the past years, many people unexpectedly 
passed away. The whole world was just in a place of gloom and darkness. As the news came through, all the numbers just escalating right around the world. Surrender your heart. Surrender your life. Nehemiah did not allow his enemies to distract him. We are facing many enemies as children of God. Some we don't even know about. The Lord is so gracious. Many enemies. The very culture that we find ourselves in is an enemy to a man that wants to walk with God. Raising our children in this world is so difficult. It's not a joke. There's so much confusion right around the world. I just wanted to say something now, but I thought maybe not for now. You do it again. Maybe I should. People don't know what a woman is anymore. Because even a man, they say, can bear children. That's what's going on in the world. There are many genders, more than two, they say. But when I read the Bible, I only, last time I read it, it says man made just two genders, a man and a woman. But yeah, today they say there are more than 50 or into the hundreds now, I think. And every one of them has got a name. I won't go into that. This is the world that we are living in. And this is the world where God wants us to live a life that is exemplary for His glory. A life that is rooted in the Word. A life that shows no gaps between the outside and the inside. That is the life that God wants us to live. I'm concluding my message Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work so I cannot come down. Why should the work of God cease while I leave it and go down to you? I just added God's name there. Why should the work cease when I leave it and go down to you? Anything that distracts you from being obedient to the Lord will take you down. Whether it's a Sanballat, whether it's circumstances, whether it's a friend, whether it's something that you have been harboring in your life for years, not confessing it, not dealing with it, it will take you down. And before long, everybody will see that you are not the person that you pretend to be. You know, when before Pastor left, he said to me, comfort our people, but also challenge them. So I said, Pastor, I'm going to try. I don't know, this message isn't really comforting, but I know it's challenging because it challenged me. It might not be what you wanted to hear this morning, and sorry, I'm Quite frankly, I'm not the pastor. I'm just Timothy. 
Cap-free living requires commitment. How committed are you to your spiritual growth? Do you take time to study the Word of God? Do you even have a quiet time where you spend some time in the morning just reflecting on God's goodness and His Word, praying for the day ahead? Cap-free living requires focus. We have said, we've, we've gone through it already, that Nehemiah did not allow anything to distract him. And he always focused on what the Lord called him to do. Cap-free living requires perseverance. Must persevere. There's a saying that says, when days are dark, friends are few. Yeah, friends are few, but God is near. He doesn't forsake you when you go through the valleys. Says, David says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because he's such a clever guy or strong guy. For you are with me. Acknowledge God's presence in your life, dear friend. Then you'll be able to persevere. When challenges come, you will be able to persevere, to push through. When your strength is failing, He will give you the strength to carry on. When you do not have words to pray, the Holy Spirit will come beside you and utter even if it's groanings before the throne of God. But there will be a breakthrough if you depend on the Lord. A gap-free life brings glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. When we live a life that is authentic and rooted in God's word, we do not have to worry and record our words what I said yesterday, I say it today. What I did yesterday, I can do it again today. Who I am at home and I, who I am at church, it's one thing. Who I am at work, whether I'm in a position of authority or just a normal worker, I am the same when I'm at work than when I'm at church. Some people just come to church when pastors here. Yeah. I don't know for what reason. Elsabri said, I notice it. <laughs> yes. A gap-free life brings glory to God. When Satan went around to see what is going on on the earth, he found a man in the presence of God, presenting himself before God, a man, by, a man by the name of Job. And there, he had a conversation with the Lord. The Lord said to him, you see, my servant, Job, ha, I always smile when I read it. When God gives an account of your life, and there's a smile on his face, you are doing something right. 
The Lord did not have to hide Job and say, bring someone else. He pushed Job to the front, onto the stage. We read that today even, we read about his life. A man that walked with God. When trouble came, he lost everything. We know. We know the story. He, let, he lost everything. Even his wife turned his back on him. Oh, some of us won't make it. My wife turns, turns, uh, turns her back on us. Some of us won't make it. I can tell you that. But here was a man who stood because he knew his Redeemer. You know your Redeemer in such a way that what you experience on the inside and what you reflect on the outside is the same thing. In Acts chapter 13 we read that God says, Paul says there in that book, that God says about David, he found a man after his own heart. His life was not flawless. He committed some terrible things. But the moment the Spirit of God convicted him, he did not shy away. He says, I am the man. It's me. I did it. I sinned against God. I do, I did what was wrong in the sight of God. Don't wait for somebody to come and tell you. You have the Holy Spirit. He convicts you. A carefree life makes an impact. It commands respect. And it can be trusted. Sometimes you walk into a place and people ask you, are you a pastor? You're not a pastor. You carry the presence of God with you wherever you go because you live an authentic life. Doesn't matter if you're in the post office or in the queue at SARS or in the queue at going to renew your license. You still just want to serve the Lord and show forth His glory through your life. A get-free life demands and it commands respect. Some people want to force you into respecting them. But if your life is right with God, just your very life, people will respect you. They will come to you for advice with things that you never heard before and try and say, but I don't know, but I know you will be able to help me. Because they see something in you that you yourself cannot even see. Now our time is gone. Maybe just the last thing. A cap-free life leaves a lasting legacy. Today we have been speaking about Nehemiah. It's how many years since they completed that war. His legacy still lives on. There are people that has passed away that had an impact on my life when I came to the Lord and helped me grow into the person that God wanted me to, to, to be. And I can tell you, 
I still draw from those resources to remain faithful to the Lord. Think of many in this church that were not here for a long time since I joined the church. But the impact that they made, I can tell you they are gone long already. But the legacy that they left inside of me still lives on today. Don't waste your time with, must I say it, with things that does not matter. Frivolous things, things that just keep you busy. Surrender your heart completely to the Lord so that you can live in such a way that God can say, like he said about Job, look at him. Look at him. You can do whatever you want to do to him, but you will stay true to me. Nehemiah completed the wall. Eventually this project was done. Everything was in place. The doors were hung. The people started worshiping. The word of God was again present and they could worship God in that place. Let us not stop halfway. Let us go all the way until the Lord comes to take us away. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Might not be as smooth as we have expected. But Lord, we look to you. We are dependent on you. We cannot live the life that you want us to live on our own. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us in the ways of God. Help us to work hard, Lord, in accomplishing what you have given us to do. Help us not to be distracted and help us, Lord, to persevere when we are challenged. Give us everything that we need so that your name might be glorified in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.